Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's been a Trump week, a Donald Trump week. No matter how you cut it, a Donald Trump week. I dislike talking about Donald Trump uh, forever in most of these shows I do. Uh, I try to throw in some other things because there are other things going on in this world besides Donald Trump. But everything he was involved in this week was a matter of consequence. And so except for the first topic tonight, I am going to discuss Donald Trump. However, I guarantee you will find it interesting. It will have the Lewis Patron twist. I'm going to talk about, for example, the four horsemen of apocalypse, the Caesars of the world, and Humpty Dumpty. Remember Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, and so forth. I'm going to talk about Humpty Dumpty, and it all fits into Donald Trump. But I want to begin with this. Uh, this This month in July... 1969, the specific date, July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. First human being to be on the moon. He was the first one to step on the moon. Recall his famous words, one one small step for a man, one giant step for mankind. Now, I thought this was a big deal, and even today, I think that is, the greatest thing that has happened in my life, that, that some achievement scientifically or whatever way you want to describe it, the master achievement of my lifetime when I'm 83 is man stepping on the moon. To this day, it blows my mind. So it's pushing 11 o'clock at night on July 20th, 1969. I've been practicing law for 10 years. I have a wife, four children. I have a family. My children are all in grammar school. Uh, and I've got a mortgage. I, you know, I'm the all-American father at the time, where we are the all-American family. I thought what was going to happen at 11 o'clock that night when Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon was something my children should see. They would remember it the rest of their lives as the greatest thing that had happened during their lifetime. It's still mine. And so I woke them all up at 11 o'clock. They're little kids. They're wondering what the hell daddy's doing. I'm waking them up. You've got to come downstairs. I don't want to go. I get them all in the family room. I'm explaining to them what is occurring. And don't fall asleep. They kept, two of them kept trying to fall asleep. I said, you can't go to sleep. Daddy wants you to see this. I want you to remember this, et cetera, et cetera. And they saw it. They observed it. Do you want to know something? To this day, every time I bring it up, They have no recollection of that evening. They do not remember seeing man step on the moon. All that stuff I went through that night, waking the poor kids up and everything else. And my wife told me I was crazy, by the way, when I did it. It was was for naught. It didn't work. But I tried. Okay, that's it for Neil Armstrong. Big day. Now we're... Uh, listening to Trump the other day, he says, we're going to Mars next. We're soon going to Mars. I'm waiting for his announcement. It's possible in this day and age for us to do something like that. Uh, Now, I'm going to talk about Donald Trump, and you're going to like it. You may not like what I say, but you're going to like the way I put it all together tonight. Uh, Trump is now aggravating Iran. 
He seems to aggravate a different country every week. I'm afraid one of these weeks we are going to end up going to war with one of these countries. He picks on our friends. He picks on our enemies. You can't do that. You can't piss on other people and not expect them to react. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So now Iran. Bad enough he broke the agreement with them that gave us peace for 15 years. Then you deal with it again. But he broke that agreement. And Iran has said, because of what the president said to them and what he's doing, he says, you, Iran said to Trump, you screw around with us, and I quote, the mother of all wars, the mother of all wars will be imposed on you. And I believe that this isn't a poor backward country. These are very smart people. They have an army. They have money, uh, even though we're sanctioning the hell out of them. And remember this. They're Muslim. Every Muslim war that's been fought since these Muslim wars started late in 600 A.D. or early in 700 A.D. is a 100, 200, or 300-year war. They don't give up. They don't fool around. It's jihad time. They are in it for real. And Trump, Trump says to him, of course, he says, you do anything to the United States, it would be met with, and I quote, dire consequences. He's threatening another country with dire consequences. Or even, uh, it, this whole conversation should never have taken place. He says, the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. My God, this man is terrific. He's Abraham Lincoln. He's George Washington. He's Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, we are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words, your demented words of malice and death, be cautious. I love this guy. He threatens everybody. Someday there's going to be a reaction. Now, and I'm afraid there's going to be a war. I'm very concerned about us getting in a war because of Donald Trump. I also fear we're going to have a recession, which I'm going to be into tonight with you. Anyhow, recall the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Biblical. They're in the Bible. And what do they bring? They're in a, it's said that at some time the four horsemen of the apocalypse are going to show up. Now, I don't know. I don't believe it's now, but they, they represent bad things for, for, the human, for human beings. The four horsemen are conquest, war, famine, and death. Conquest, war, famine, and death. And they're going to come out of the sky riding their horses. And do you know who's going to be leading them? Not in the first horse, not on the second horse, not on the third horse, not on the fourth horse, but on all the horses, because he can do anything, will be Donald Trump riding. He will be on all four of the horses, and he's going to bring us, I fear, conquest, war, famine, and death. Because, believe what I'm saying, if there is another war, the war will be here also. We've been lucky in the past. You know, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, airplanes did go that far, but they didn't have enough to get over with bombs. We were lucky. Not going to happen this time. The war will be fought here also. Every day will be 9-11. Every day will be 9-11. Every day will be 9-11. Would you believe that? And what's going to happen to our cities, some of them, and other places in the United States? They, it will be Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Berlin after World War II. Many Americans dead. 
children maimed, and all because our president's a bully, and he threatens people, not realizing somebody's going to hit back, and when they hit back, we're at war. Which now brings me to the return of the Caesars. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? Return of the Caesars. What what I'm sharing with you at the moment, I read recently in Madeleine Albright's recent book, Fascism. Excellent book you should read, Fascism. I'm going to speak about it again tonight, besides with this topic. Uh, Back in the, uh, she says, and she's right when you think about it, we go through periods, 50 years, 100 years, uh, where we're led by leaders. Our leaders are, believe in democracy, individualism liberalism and then for some reason we end up with another 50 to 100 years where now the world's leaders are despots they're dictators okay they're despots they're dictators and they're not good people so let's go back in our recent history in the 20s 30s and 40s we had the rise we had the rise of nationalism which brings authoritarianism with it, which brings fascism with it next, okay? And we had this rise in these leaders, these tough guys, because between the 40s and the 20s and the 40s, the people lost faith in government worldwide. Why did we elect Donald Trump? We were losing faith in our government. Think about it, it's for real. And the men, these bad guys, these despots, these dictators, were people like Mussolini, Hitler, Franco, Tojo. It fits. Now, why does this happen? How do these people ascend to power, strong power? Because people get sick and tired. They get sick and tired of losing money, not having everything they should have. They get sick and tired of seeing, seeing a small portion of society, the rich, get richer while they're still struggling. Uh, hope is taken away from them, and they just don't like it. <clears throat> so they see strong men saying, I will give you everything. I will provide everything. I will satisfy all your needs. Don't worry about it. I can do it, believe me. And they obey them. (coughs) They say, finally, a savior, someone who understands my problems, I'm going to listen to him because he's talking about me and taking care of me. And so nationalism grows again. We're into nationalism in this country. You know, America first and all that sort of stuff. America was always first. But he says it this way, and love the flag, and love the Star-Spangled Banner like no one loved the flag before the Star-Spangled Banner. Some things you don't have to talk about. Most of us believe in God. Most of us love God. Do we talk about it? No. (laughs) It's just some things you don't talk about. You love your wife. You love your children. Do you go about every day saying, I love my children? You don't have to. You know it's innate. Anyhow, what am I worried about? I'm worried about the Caesars that are in this world right now. And they're led by Donald Trump now. He's the leader of the nationalistic movement throughout the world. In other words, what am I saying to you, my friends? The Mussolinis, the Hitlers, the Francos, and the Trotojos are on their way back. Because look at what do we got. We have Donald Trump. You've got Putin in Russia. You've got Kim in North Korea. You've got that fellow, Androjan, I can't pronounce his name correctly, in Turkey. You've got Chai in China. And you got Turte in the Philippines. Where are the Franklin Roosevelt's? Where are the Democratic leaders? Where are the Winston Churchill's? All right, do you get my point? And 
this is described by Madeleine Albright as the return of the Caesars. Because the Caesars were the great men who dominated the world. You know, they con- they were men of conquest. They conquered entire worlds. Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, people like that. I'm going to stay with Madeleine Albright for a moment. Uh, Donald Trump is admired by many people in this country. Many people of affluence admire Donald Trump. The rich, the very rich, admire Donald Trump. Well, he's making them richer, but they admire him for some reason. Maybe that's the reason. All I know is the big corporations, the money people in this country, the 1% love Donald Trump. And he's not the first one of his ilk to be loved. This has happened in the past. You see, we learn from history. Unfortunately, Trump doesn't read history. But we do. Most of us read history. We understand history. And let me tell you, let let me share with you what Madeleine Albright wrote about some of the great men back in the 20s and the 30s as a bad guy was on the rise. The bad guy being Benito Mussolini in Italy. You're not going to believe what I'm going to say to you. But she said, and I quote, Thomas Edison hailed him as the genius of the modern age. Mussolini, the genius of the modern age. Thomas Edison. Gandhi as a superman. A superman. Winston Churchill, would you believe? Winston Churchill pledged to stand by him. In his struggle against the bestial appetites, bestial appetites of Leninism, <clears throat> newspapers in Rome, host to the Vatican, home of the Vatican, refer to him as the, and I quote, the incarnation of God. This is Benito Mussolini. He ended up being a fascist, followed Hitler, remember? Uh, and in the end, what happened? As Madeleine Albright says, in the end, People who had worshipped his every move, hung on his every word, hung his corpse upside down next to his mistresses near a gas station in Milan. You remember at the end of the war, partisans captured him while he was trying to sneak off to Switzerland with his girlfriend. They killed them both. Then they went to a railroad station outside of Milan. They hung him off a pole by their ankles, and they beat him and spit on him and everything else. And this is a man that was glorified, edified by Thomas Edison, Gandhi, Winston Churchill, the Rope, the Pope, Rome. Uh, How the mighty shall fall. Uh, Mussolini's mistake was um, in World War II, he was on the side of the Allies. In World War War I, rather, he was on the side of the Allies. In World War II, he says, hey, this Hitler knows what he's doing. He's a real big shot. I'm going to go with him. He made a mistake. Now, Humpty Dumpty. A mother goose rhyme. We all know it. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. There was a song that was written in 1925 that did not become popular until many years later when it was popularized by Dean Martin, Doris Day, and Bobby Darin. It's called I'm Sitting on Top of the World. I'm sitting on top of the world. I don't sing well, but you got the tune. And there was a phrase in I'm sitting on top of the world that referred to Humpty Dumpty. And it it said, I quote, just like Humpty Dumpty, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. Now, 
I see Donald Trump as Humpty Dumpty. Not only was Humpty Dumpty egg-shaped, Donald Trump is almost egg-shaped or is egg-shaped. He's heavy. And I see him sitting on the wall, and he's going to fall, you know? And all the king's horses and all the king's men aren't going to put Humpty Dumpty together again. Uh, I believe this. I believe he has reached his highest point of ascendancy. His only way is down now. Uh, The bad things he's been doing, it took him a year and a half, isn't that amazing, are at his door. Recently, he has had three major failures. Uh, Kim and North Korea, he completely blew the Kim thing, though he lied to us and says, oh, we got this, we got that. He had diddly dip done. Uh, And then you had uh, Putin at the recent summit. And the tariff wars, the tariff wars are horrible. They're right on top of us now. Uh, And those things, those three things, uh, including now the Mueller investigation, Make me believe that Donald Trump is in his last mile. The worst is not yet to come. The worst is going to come, and it's going to be probably in the next year. Uh, The tariff thing is horrible. I have been writing, and I've been saying for two months, that this tariff war, these tariff wars, would bring our country down economically within a year, and I still say it, and that there would be a worldwide depression, and this was being caused by Donald Trump just that kind of war alone. So I think he's, his time, he is pinnacled. He's on a downhill slide. It's going to take time, but every day we learn more and more about him that isn't, doesn't speak well for him. Now, I want to stay with the tariff wars for a minute because I, I've been following this like I was a farmer for two years. Remember closely, my friends, already what has he accomplished with these tariff wars? Soybean farmers are going down the tubes. Potato farmers, corn farmers, lobster fishermen, factories that make automobiles or parts for automobiles. They're already in descendancy in less than two months because of Donald Trump's declaration of these tariff wars. Because these other countries aren't going to be shit upon. They're going to shit back on us, okay? Everyone gets hurt in the end, but this is the way it is. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And so I was shocked today. You know, I, I, recently I've been watching some farmers uh, on television. They get interviewed almost daily. And the trend or the theme I was hearing from them was, we're the soldiers in these tariff wars. We, the farmers, are soldiers in the tariff wars. And we know that we've got to sacrifice. But we know that in the end, Donald Trump will take care of us. So what happened today? It was announced today that Trump wants to (laughs) subsidize the farmers who are already hurting and will be hurting because of the tariff wars. He has a plan to extend $12 billion in aid to farmers hurt by the tariff wars. He wants to mitigate the financial losses the farmers are suffering. And he's got $12 million ready to throw in. And I don't know, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, He made a mistake. The way to resolve the mistake, you should sit down with all these world leaders and say, hey, guys, I made a mistake. Let's go kumbaya again. Let's sit down and work these things out. We'll 
give each other some advantages and so forth. But that isn't what he's going to do. He's going to wage the war because he's never wrong, and he refuses to admit he can or could lose, all right? I don't understand why $12 billion of taxpayer money has to go to the farmers to subsidize them because Trump made a mistake. Uh, they're in a war, but it isn't a war. This is wrong. It's wrong to use taxpayer dollars for this. I'm going to think uh, we did bail out some industries. We bailed out the Chrysler. We bailed out the auto industry another time. Uh, but this won't be just $12 billion because once a farmer goes under, he's going to stay under for many years. And don't think we can bring these other countries back quickly. We may be able to renegotiate with Canada. We may be able to renegotiate with Mexico. They're our neighbors. They're our friends. But you think China's going to renegotiate with us? <laughs> China wants to kill us in every respect. They want to be number one in the world. And why should they make peace with us on the tariff force? Because they're, they're ones that are really killing us. China imports the greatest amount of soybeans from the United States. Big importer of our soybeans. And these states that Trump is hurting are basically the states that supported him in the election. Now, you know, they t we've lost other things under Trump. He cut back on Medicaid. He, he, he's, he's taken medical benefits away. He's screwing around with Medicare. He's taken things away from the poor people, and he's always given something to the rich. This shit's got to stop, okay? Senator Rand Paul, a Republican from Kentucky, said with regard to uh, this $12 billion in subsidizing the farmers, he says, this is welfare for the farmers, welfare for the farmers. Why do we need welfare? Remove the tariffs. Then we don't need welfare. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, another farm, farm state, he said, Subsidies, paying this money out to the farmers to help them get along, is nothing but giving them a gold crutch. We don't give people gold crutches in this country. All right? This is a trade war. It's screwing up the farmers. It's Trump's fault. Okay? He says, America's farmers are being, and I quote, paid to lose. Because if we subsidize them, we're paying them because we're losing the tariff war, okay, or the tariff wars. And he said, and I quote, and this is pretty good. Listen to what I'm going to say and how this quote from Senator Sass ends. He said, this administration's tariff and bailouts aren't going to make America great again. Aren't going to make America great again. They're just going to make it 1929 again. Staying with money for a moment, a recent study. This is interesting, too, because you've got to be worried about how much money do we have in the world, in this country, and how much debt do we have. This is all important. A recent study shows that officially now it has been determined in the world there's three times more debt than money, three times more IOUs than cash. That means the world is $247 trillion in debt at a time when there's only $80 trillion in debt. $247 trillion in debt when there's only $80 trillion in debt. Which means, which indicates, which gives evidence to, which shows 
that the world is in a failing financial system, a failing financial system. And, my friends, the last thing we need under such circumstances are tariff wars. And you can thank Donald Trump for the tariff wars. Okay, where am I here now? Trump and Kim. I love this. Trump went, he met with Kim. They had a piece of paper, page and a half, two pages, four items on it. They talked about denuclearization. Nothing specific, like principles, things we got to work towards. But for some reason, Trump took this to be in agreement. (laughs) Trump took this to be in agreement. And he said, denuclearization, we're on hand to it now. It's going to work. And now he's pissed off at Kim. Because Kim says, no, I'm not going to denuclearize. I I don't understand. What are you saying? So Pompeo, our Secretary of State, Trump flew him out there right away to see him. And and what did Kim do when Pompeo got to North Korea? He came there specifically, late trip, quick. He refused to see him. He was too busy. He was out in the potato fields (laughs) picking potatoes with his people. (laughs) Now, if that's not an embarrassment, I don't know what is. If that's Shoving it in your face, I don't look hitting you in the face. I don't know what is. Well, Trump said this past week he's very upset with Kim. We nice guy, we got a deal, but I don't understand. We shook hands, and to Trump, when he shook hands with Kim, this meant they had a deal. Well, if they had a deal, why has this summit turned into such a colossal failure and an utter waste of time? I've got to say this. Donald Trump was a businessman all his life. He built big buildings. He had casinos, et cetera, in Atlantic City. He went bust several times. But you always shake hands when you make a deal. And how many contractors and subcontractors did he shake hands with over the course of his lifetime and then fail to pay them? even though you shook hands with him, or said your work is not competent or is not proper, even though it was because he didn't want to pay them, even though they had shaken hands at the beginning of the deal. I want to talk about Russia dumping U.S. Treasury bonds, but before I do that, I want to talk about China dumping U.S. Treasury bonds. I talked about this, and I have written about this in the past. I'm talking specifically about China. China controls us economically. You know, we we owe them $1.3 trillion. We borrow money from them every day to survive in this country. If they really want to squeeze us, that's what they got to do is say, pay up, Charlie. Anyhow, China owns $1.2 or $1.3 trillion of U.S. Treasury bonds. That's investing in in our country, and it's considered a, a good investment. Uh, Now, if China wants to kill us, all they have to do, they don't even have to sell their bonds. All they have to do is stop buying new ones when the old ones mature. But if they really want to put the knife in our chest, then they should start selling off our treasury bonds. There would be a worldwide panic, a worldwide mass sell-off. There would be an immediate recession in 24 hours, okay? That's how China controls us. Now, Russia, and they, they can do it. They're mad at us now. We're mad at them. Trump doesn't think of these things. Russia is our friend. Trump told us. They met with Putin. He's been telling us for two years, Trump's my friend. Well, I want to tell you what his friend's doing with Russia's treasury bonds. A country doesn't dump somebody else's treasury bonds rapidly. Here's what they're doing. Okay. Uh, this is 
our friend, Putin's friend. In March, Russia had $96.1 billion in Treasury bonds, U.S. Treasury bonds. One month later, they had sold off and had only $48.7 billion trillion billion dollars in U.S. Treasury bonds. One month later in May, they continued their sell-off of Treasury bonds and were down to $14.9 billion in Treasury bonds. In three months, from $96 billion to $14 billion. Uh, this is our friend. He knows every time he sells our bonds, Russia is hurting us, is putting us on the road to being killed, but yet he did it. Does Trump even understand this? Does Trump even know this is going on? That's my show for the week. My time is running out, I see. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Food for thought. Can't argue. You don't have to agree with me, but I know I'm right in most of these things. But it is food for thought to get people thinking. I thank you for joining me every week. Uh, I love the show. (laughs) You know, more and more people listen every week. I keep telling you this, and it's the truth. The numbers keep going up. So thank you for listening, and some of you may have recommended the show to some of your friends. I'm doing a three- or four-minute thing every morning now on Facebook, Key West Lou Live. I take one of the issues I talked about tonight, and I chat on it for three or four minutes. It's easy to find. It's there 24 hours a day, Key West Lou Live. You may want to uh, take a look. And you can see me, too. It's live video. And also I want to say, too, if you haven't bought Irma and Me, my book on the hurricane, buy it before we have another hurricane, and the book will be outdated. Irma and Me at Amazon.com. You will enjoy it. Thank you for joining me tonight. I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>